0: You're listening to the official podcast of Oasis Community Church, where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything's possible. If you'd like to learn more about Oasis, request prayer, or get in touch with a pastor, visit our website at oasischurch.org. Enjoy the podcast. Good morning, everyone. This week's uh, sermon is titled, The One with the Note. That will make more sense here in just a minute. But today I want us to focus on the Christian affection of gratitude. It's essential for the well-adjusted life and the fulfilled life. Um, Our affections really animate us and they motivate us. They do things for us like not just in our souls but physically in our bodies. And there's lots that we want to talk about in, in the coming weeks, but today we'll look at gratefulness. But we're grateful just to mention a few other affections that I think are kind of essential for the Christian life. You know, we're grateful for our salvation. We have compassion. That's an affection for, for others. Uh, we have courage, or we need courage, as an affection to respond with both our presence with people, to be present with them, and uh, to serve them. Uh, Joy. We need joy, kind of for strength for the journey. And hope. Hope for a new future, to imagine that um, life can be better than what it is. I think all of those are affections. The psalm that we read this morning, Psalm 136, came from Nan Merrill's mm, translation. I'm not sure. What to call it exactly? It's kind of like a parallel inspired v- version. <laughs> but but I, I, love, I love her and I love her work and I think it's, it speaks to um, that, that particular version of that psalm speaks to this kind of essential practice, attitude, affection of gratitude. Uh, so I'd like to start actually talking a little bit about the science of gratitude. So what scientists tell us about gratitude is that it can do all sorts of things for us. It can improve our health. It can lower our blood pressure. It can decrease depression. Uh, it can give us higher self-esteem. It can help us sleep better. Like just before you go to sleep, if you struggle with, with, with sleeping, um, try just naming a few things that you're grateful for. And then as you go to sleep, and this is, the, the physicians will tell us that it will, it will help, right? It'll give us greater happiness. So part of what's happening scientifically is when we're expressing gratitude and we have kind of grateful dispositions, they say that the serotonin and the dopamine in our brain is kind of being released so that it calms us and it gives us more motivation. Like, sometimes our brains aren't functioning quite the way they need to be. And so a psychiatrist might um, prescribe for us Prozac. So what, what Prozac is doing is like it's preventing your brain from just reabsorbing the serotonin, which is what your body naturally makes to make you feel better. So you kind of, you need that serotonin. Your body will make it, but sometimes the brain just absorbs it back so it can't do its work. And so what Prozac will do, it prevents your brain from absorbing it back in so the serotonin can do its work. So scientifically, that's what's happening. But being grateful, they say, does a similar phenomenon. It, it releases kind of serotonin into our brains. I want to talk a little bit about Brother David Stendhal Rast. He has this book called Gratefulness, and it's about prayer, really, But he he connects gratefulness as a form of prayer. And he says this, Gratefulness is the key to a happy life that we hold in our hands. Because if we are not grateful, then no matter how much we have, we will not be happy. Because we will always want to have something else or something more. So this, um, Jonathan Haidt is this moral psychologist that I like to follow and He wrote this book called The Happiness Hypothesis. And we all are kind of born with a baseline happiness in our lives. You've heard the adage that some of us are half glass full kind of people and some of us are half glass empty. We're kind of of born that way. And we think that if we have our external lives change, that that could really affect it. But in the long run, it turns out, not so much. Uh, somebody can win the lottery and obviously that's going to change their lives. You think they're going to get what they have wanted and they'll be happy. But after they've bought the car or two or bought the house or two, then they find that if they were a half uh, glass, half full kind of person anyway, they they hit a new normal. And once they reach their new normal, they kind of return to their kind of baseline happiness whatever that might have been before. The same thing happens on the other end of the spectrum. Like right? let's say we haven't won the lottery where we're in an accident and we lost a limb or we're paralyzed. Obviously, that's going to hurt your happiness quotient, right? It's you're going to you struggle a bit. But given time through physical therapy and occupational therapy and some medicine and surgeries and what have you, again, we hit a new normal, and in the new normal Uh, we kind of return to our basic kind of happiness. So one of the things that's kind of working against us in terms of being grateful is a phenomenon called the law of reverse effect. The law of reverse effect says the harder one consciously tries to do something, the more difficult it is to succeed. Isn't that unfortunate? That the harder we try to do it, the more difficult it is to kind of do it? Well, this, this is why New Year's resolutions never work, right? Because we even, our language betrays us. I'm going to try and do this. Like if, if you ask somebody to do something and they say in response, I'll try, what that actually means is that no, they're not going to get it done. Because it, it, it's kind of built in. Like we can kind of change our vocabulary and it can help a bit. Here's a definition of the law of reverse effect. It means that any conscious, will-driven attempts to change a habit um, get ferociously resisted because that would mean abandoning the rule, which is kind of keeping us at our status quo. Because the subconscious mind wants to protect you. It's not about to abandon that rule because it doesn't want you to get hurt. And so your subconscious will work against your, your, your conscious choice. So when you try to change the automatic habit response, it is regarded as an attack by the subconscious, and it is resisted. The more pressure you apply, the more resistance is generated. It's the law of reverse effect. So how do we respond to that? I mean, how, how do we navigate or mitigate the law of reverse effect. Well, one thing is just awareness. Uh, Being aware and accepting that that's the way things are. Like we, when our expectations are faulty, that can really set us up kind of for failure. So just having a legitimate expectation will help. And the other, and the recovery community has taught us a lot about this one, it's one step at a time. Uh, Rome wasn't built in a day. We are a process. Um, it's, you know, sometimes it's two steps forward and one step back, which could be discouraging, unless you're expecting it to be two step forward and one step back. Like if you know that that's how we work, that that's how we're wired, then it helps. In, in the happiness um, hypothesis, It's interesting, they, uh, I mean, the book's just about people in general and how how might we have more fulfilled, flourishing lives, but towards the end of it, it says that the group of people that seem to practice that demotes are church-going folk, that going to church, obviously, we talked last week that the reason we go to church is to worship God, that's the number one reason we worship God in the process we find one another and we also love one another and then serve, right? Serving God and serving one another and then serving our community. But there is these kind of side benefits, right? And one of them is this, they said, the psychologist said that people who go to church are on average the happiest people in our culture because what happens is when we come together and we see each other, now we're wearing name tags so we can know who we are. Not just who we are, obviously. We, we can learn each other's names and to be called by name and to be recognized. That's, uh, it works to kind of create something new in us. Uh, David sindel is helpful here again. He says this, he says, "'We are never more than one grateful thought away from peace of heart. We are never never more than one uh, grateful thought away from peace of heart. So it's it's not like it's, uh, it's, this isn't uh, rocket science. It's not brain surgery. Again, small steps matter. And so just being grateful, practicing it, saying thank you, and Realizing the, the goodness that we have that is available to us. Brother David says this as well. He says, in daily life, we must see that it is not happiness that makes us grateful, but gratefulness that makes us happy. This, this is really fascinating. We'll talk more about this in another week to come when we talk about joy. But happiness, joy it's not, those types of things are not things that are obtained by reaching for them. Because as we reach for them, they seem to always be just outside of our reach, that they evade us. But the way it can come into our lives is through other acts, that then the joy or the happiness becomes the byproduct of it. So when you serve someone, or in this case, when you are grateful, it, the byproduct of that gratefulness, it generates happiness. So the happiness is obtained not by reaching for happiness, but by practicing gratefulness. So here's some very, very practical steps about how we might practice gratefulness uh, individually and also as a community. One is to celebrate small wins. Celebrate small wins. Um, I didn't eat the whole piece of chocolate cake, <laughs> right? I, in the past, I would have. I left half of the piece on the plate. That's not as good as maybe other things, but I don't want to focus on what's not there. I want to focus, like, on the small wins. Diabetics probably shouldn't have chocolate cake, but again, I'm not focusing on the bad things. Focusing on the good things. Small wins. Small wins. Um, we can express all, all, all sorts of those, both for ourselves, for our family, for our friends. Another is to express appreciation, like celebrate small wins and ex, uh, express appreciation. Um, and I, I really want you to try to put this into practice, whether again, whether it's a coworker, whether it's someone on aisle six at Publix. You know, like, find a way to say thank you, to be grateful, to, to practice gratitude. One of the ways in which you can um, generate gratefulness in your life is to volunteer. Now, I know that sounds like I'm trying to, I'm trying to manipulate you, aren't I? I'm trying to coerce you into doing something. Amen, <laughs> hey brother. And this is, this is what's interesting. I'm, I'm, we're not playing you on this one. When you volunteer, it will create gratefulness in you. Now, that's not probably the best reason to volunteer. <laughs> but there are, again, these kind of side effects, these byproducts of what happens. And volunteering is one of them that, again, not just the theologians who say there's reasons to do this, but the psychologists say there's reasons to do this. So um, celebrate the small wins, express appreciation for others and volunteer. This next one is generally very easy, but in a COVID, late COVID I pray, maybe mid COVID who's to say world that we live in, Um, this might be difficult but smile more like when you smile you know obviously if you're masked and you're smiling no one knows you're smiling at them but when you smile it does things it it too is creating uh, not just spiritual connections but but physical connections Um, kindness and giving are a catalyst for gratitude Like we become more grateful when we practice kindness and giving. And and the smile is probably the simplest way to kind of practice kindness. You're giving something to someone. You're acknowledging them. You're smiling at them. I think a lot of you are smiling at me. But I'm not sure about everybody because a lot of you are masked. This is is a great one, too. To practice meditation or mindfulness. In Christian circles, uh, this kind of meditative or contemplative prayer is practiced kind of throughout the centuries. Not, Not a prayer with a lot of words, but just sitting in silence. Maybe focusing on your breath, being aware of God's presence. It really does something for you. It's, it's a good practice. And it is, I mean, it's a Christian thing to do. It has found its way into our culture in all sorts of ways. A number of years ago, I can't even remember which Nintendo game system we had. Uh, it was the one that you could get the little board and stand on. Do you know that one? The Wii. There you go. It was the Wii. And... You could do all these different things. You could kind of exercise with it, or if you played games, the games were more interactive, like you could actually swing your arm and it was like the, the tennis racket, or you could kind of swing your arm and it was like the bowling ball or what have you. One of those things that you could do, you actually sat on the little board of a thing, and as you sat still, on the screen was a candle, and you're just kind of watching a candle sitting there. And it's part of, like, a Nintendo wellness. Anybody ever do that one? Some of you did? So look, if Nintendo knows that one of the things that it's good for you is just to kind of sit still and be silent for a while, you should know that throughout the Christian tradition, that was called prayer. (laughs) Being aware of God. Just not thinking that you had to kind of do do something. Another another thing um, is to keep a gratitude journal. Now, I don't do this, so I'm kind of preaching at myself on this one. Um, but I, I I do believe in the practice, and i I'm, my goal is to kind of to start this. There are lots of ways you can do it. You can. Um, get an actual journal, kind of date it, you know, what am I grateful for this day. But nowadays, you know, modern technology and all, there are a ton of great apps that you can get for free. Some of them have a small price that help you along the way. So here's a few that you can see. Uh, Day One Journal is one that I would recommend. It won like App of the Year. Uh, Grateful, a Gratitude Journal, or Presently also subtitled, a gratitude journal, are ways, are just little apps that, you know, some of them, you kind of win points, (laughs) you know, for doing this or that. And you have like little challenges that you can do and you get little badges and things, which I guess we like to kind of make ourselves feel good. But however, however that works for you, you really should try and put this into practice. Now, theologically, I, a lot of my thoughts and reflections, I'm kind of constantly trying to get myself, my church, my congregation, my students, to focus on God because it is the work of God that saves us. But a worship service, right, the liturgy, the, 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 the practices that we do on a Sunday, like coming in and hearing scripture read and singing and praying and listening to a sermon and celebrating communion, and on other days doing some other things like baptism or child dedication, that practice historically has been called the liturgy. The liturgy means the work of the people. So while it is God that's doing these things, we are invited to participate, to, to practice. We're not, we're not passive as, as Christian um, folk. Even the phrase believers, which is a phrase that we've often used to describe Christians. You've heard that before? Are they a believer or not? It's a little problematic because we're not just believers. We're We're livers we're doers, we're volunteers, we are a grateful folk. We do the work of the people. And we see this actually in the, the communion. If, if the communion was only, only exclusively about the work of God and not the work of the people, then to the table we should have brought grapes and grain. But we don't bring grapes and grain to the table. We bring bread and wine. Bread and wine don't exist naturally in the world. There's not a a wine tree. There's not a bread plant. Right? It takes work. It's the work of human hands that take the gifts of God and make them into something like bread and wine. And then it's a second gift of God, the spirit of God, that then comes down on those gifts and transforms them into the body of Christ that we then literally take and eat. So that in that act, something's happening. It's this combination of God's work and our participation of things that are spiritual and things that are physical. That liminal space, that crossover between the two is where the Christian life is really lived like if someone's not here we can pray for them right but when they are here we lay our hands on them and pray for them you know that practice right the anointing of oil and the laying on of hands is just one of those same kind of practices it's it's a belief that physically I'm touching this person but spiritually God's doing something in them You see how those things go together. It's that same phenomenon. And that is where I think gratefulness can work. It it is this spiritual reality, but it takes our participation. And not just participation in some kind of one-off kind of way, but like a a practice, a life, uh, a lifestyle. And so that's what I want us to try and do. When you leave today, you're going to be given a thank you note and it is blank and it comes with an envelope. This is not us thanking you, this is us encouraging you to be grateful folk. So what I want you to do with the thank you note is I want you to use it. Last week we gave you a towel, I also want you to use that. I realize it's a, maybe more like a washcloth. But use that towel. And as you use it, let it remind you that we are people of the towel, right? We serve. The one with the server, that one was called. This is the one with the note. And this is the note that you're being given. And I hope that you put it into practice. And let this one act of gratefulness spark you into a more regular practice of gratefulness there are all sorts of times when we could be sending thank you notes or we could be saying thank you or a text or gratefulness expression to God to others for the life that we have we hope you were blessed by today's podcast